Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show, but I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of life coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a waitlist for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show, but I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of life coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a waitlist for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. We'll be right back to today's show, but before we do, I want to let you know that you can get a free copy of my first book, Think Unbroken, Understanding and Overcoming Childhood Trauma, when you leave a review for the podcast on Apple Podcast, either on desktop or on your phone. All you have to do is go to Apple Podcasts, look up Think Unbroken, click follow in the top right, and then go and leave a review at the bottom. And when you leave that review, screenshot it and send it over to book.thinkunbroken.com, where you can upload your contact and mailing information, and we will send you a free copy of this award-winning, best-selling book, absolutely free, including shipping. Just go to book.thinkunbroken.com to upload your screenshot review from Apple Podcasts for the Think Unbroken podcast. And until next time, my friend, be unbroken. I'll see you. You're listening to the Think Unbroken podcast, and I'm your host, Michael Unbroken. I'm an author, speaker, coach, and advocate for adult survivors of childhood trauma and abuse. In this podcast, you will learn how to transform your trauma into triumph, turn breakdowns into breakthroughs, and go from victim to being the hero of your own story. You can learn more at thinkunbrokenpodcast.com, and of course, check us out on Apple Podcasts and Spotify at Think Unbroken Podcast. Hey, what's up, Unbroken Nation? Hope that you're doing well wherever you are in the world today. Very excited to be back with you with another episode with my guest and friend, 
Matt Smith. Matt, my man, what is happening in your world today? What's up? I'm honored to be here. This is a great day. Dude, I'm super excited to have you. I'm super excited. We we connected now, I think a a year ago. um, I was at your event in Pueblo, Colorado. Wake up, Pueblo. Um, We really connected, though, through my connection with Grant Cardone, which I'm sure we'll get into later. Um, But where I want to start this is tell us a little bit about your background. You know, I think that Unless folks saw the TV show, which they probably didn't because that whole thing with Discovery that we all know about. Right. Um, Who are you? How did you get to where you are today? Yeah, that's a great question. I appreciate it. I'm honored to be on your podcast. I I love what you're doing to the world. You're making this world a better place. Uh, Ever since I I met you at UBB, I followed your journey a little bit. And you are just, you're making a big difference out there. You're making a splash and uh, you're doing it the right way. So thanks for having me on here. But yeah, my story, I mean, it goes back to... You know, single mother, two boys, Pueblo, Colorado, born and raised. Um, you know, I always tell everybody that like what I lacked in monetary, my dad pretty much left when I was born. Uh, my mom raised me and my brother, but we didn't have money. But I was one of those people that didn't understand money. So I didn't know that we didn't have money. Like it wasn't like we were broke and I felt it because she made up with it with love. Like she was the most loving woman you've ever met in your entire life. So you know, uh, we were even talking about it for a second, but I remember like the electricity getting shut off and my mom wasn't like, oh my gosh, let's panic or the, the sky is falling. She was like, hey, we're going to have ghost stories tonight and we've got candles and this is going to be the greatest three days because I get paid on Friday. No big deal. You know, and it was just never skipped a beat. So I didn't know I was broke when I was growing up, but, you know, and I didn't have a dad. So I think my my story always goes back to I wanted to understand money and I wanted to be the best darn father I could be in my entire life. Those were my two goals. The older I got, the more that I saw the struggles, you know, financially, just not being able to travel or see the world or just go on adventures and stuff like that, you know, in, in college. So didn't make it through college, but I started entrepreneur early on, got in the mattress business somewhere around 19 years old. I remember doing paper routes and uh, dishes and all kinds of stuff in my really 20 or my like probably 13 to, to 18, somewhere around 19. I, I got in sales from cell phones and Walmart to discount tire and got into mattresses. And 18-year career with the mattress business, I think early on with that, I, I learned that I had made more money than, than my mom. And I was like, okay, I'm, I'm making money. What do I do with this? So at literally at 19, 20 years old, I bought my first house. And 21, bought my second house after I saw that wasn't that hard. And then kind of got into real estate development. 25, got into the franchising game, all while I was still selling mattresses. So I had an 18-year career in the mattress business while I was kind of side hustling. And uh, met my wife in my early 30s and told her that I wouldn't work a weekend again so I could be around my kids when, I, when we had kids. And we had kids and I retired from the mattress business. At that point, I owned, you know, Snap Fitness for 15 years. I owned a spa, I owned a carpet cleaning company, owned a tuxedo company, restoration company, party bus. I had all these different ventures that I just kept getting into because it just became like a I don't know, like an addiction, like, Hey, there's a new business that's available in Pueblo or here's this. I want to try this out. And, uh, you know, fast forward, um, after I retired, got back in the business, you know, I missed mattresses so much, uh, and, uh, bought a biz, a building next to snap fitness, got back in the mattress business with an intentions to really disrupt the sleep game. You know, we have, uh, franchisings all over the country, snooze mattress company. So we're blessed in, you know, I don't know, 10 States right now and growing. And uh, we're just really trying to change the conversation. So the goal is to not just change the, the mattress game, but to change the franchising game where people understand the overall health of, of sleep and what that does for you. And uh, I wrote a book, Zero Dad Panure, with the intentions of just balance, 
you know, family first, but really understand, don't forget your dreams in the inside. So I, I would say me in a nutshell, I'm a family man, love my wife. I married my soulmate, have three beautiful, healthy children, and uh, I'm an entrepreneur. I get up earlier than everybody and grind it out so I can still be with my family as much as possible. So I love that, man. And you do have an amazing family. I've been honored enough to meet it. them. You, you know, I, I, you hear people constantly talking about this idea and this notion where it's like behind every great person, there's a great partner, whether that's their husband or wife. And I obviously see that in you guys having been able to spend a good amount of time with you over the last year, which is really amazing. There's, there's something about the journey of self-discovery that I think happens in entrepreneurship. I always encourage people and especially those listening to the show, I'm like, go start that thing, that side hustle, that dream, go, just go for it. Cause two things will happen. One, you'll really find out who you are. Right. And two, you'll really find out who you are. Right. And so when I was young, I, I went into entrepreneurship, but I didn't really have those words. I mean, I started my first side hustle when I was eight years old. There's a big lots around the corner from our house and I'd go steal candy, knock door to door and sell it hundred yeah. percent margins. It was a good business, <laughs> yeah. but I was a kid and I was just like uh, trying to hustle and survive. Yeah. Like I even remember stealing fake money from the grocery store. You remember the fake money? Yeah. And I'd be like, I'm going to be rich one day. And, and you know, part of that was a circumstance very opposite of you in some capacity, no father, but a mother who's a drug addict and alcoholic. And so when, when things were bad, they just got worse. What, what do you think it was for you in childhood that kind of drove you into this place where like, I'm going to go find whatever this thing is about success and following my dreams. Like, was there a moment when you were a kid that hit you like distinctly? Like, yeah. do you have a recall of this scenario where you're like, this is the moment where I know this is the life that I want to move towards? Yeah, no, it's a great question. And I think, uh, you know, my story goes, you know, in same, similar, I think in, in elementary school, I, I sold gum out of my locker. I'd go to Sam's Club, buy packs of gum, and then I'd sell it individually. And I was always trying to figure out, okay, money. But I was also hanging out with sometimes the wrong people. I was partying, I was going to nightclubs and drinking a lot. And uh, New, Year's, uh, New Year's Eve of 1999, I actually was stabbed oh, in my shit. lower back uh, <laughs> on the lower east side of Pueblo, Colorado. And I don't mean is, to laugh. I'm like, what? The it is. It is so true because it was like we had been in fights. We were guys, and you know, this stuff happened all the time. And this was the best thing that ever happened to me, and I'll never forget it. I distinctly remember sitting in the hospital because I was two inches away from my spine. So I spent Whoa. two hours in the hospital, and it was like it was like the stuff you see in the movies. There was me and my eight bigger athletic friends. They were all sports guys, and then there was like thirty Latin aces that they would call it in public Colorado. And it like just went together at this New Year's party, like you would see in the movies. These guys had bats and stuff, and we didn't. And I was like, I remember this slow motion, like going down, like this is really happening. But most importantly, still at that time, I didn't know. But the next day, I'll never forget this. My mom comes in there, and she's just bawling. She's thinking, I need to send him to Texas, or I need to send him to some. And how camp. old were you? Eighteen years old. Okay, eighteen years old. Uh, she thought she had to send me to camp. But my grandma, who was very close to me at the time, my mom's mom, walks to the uh, to the to the uh, the door of the hospital, and I remember standing in the door, and she shook her head at me with so much disappointment, and she walked away, didn't even walk into the room, and I just remember my mm. face going numb and going, "This isn't me. I'm better than this," and everything that day changed. You know, I never got in a fight again that day. I started with Denver Mattress Company, got a career path to really start selling. And I can't say I was like a bad kid. I always knew right from wrong. I just got in the wrong crowd sometimes. But that was the day I think that 
I knew that I was on the wrong path. And if I didn't change it right then and there, everything can change my life one way or another. And it was best thing that ever happened to me. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a crazy, it's, <laughs> I mean, it's crazy to get stabbed. I mean, like I got stabbed in my lower back. You're like in the middle of a fight. That that happened. I mean, that's very West Side Story. It's totally West Side Story. (laughs) Nobody believes me. Like, what? It's my first chapter in my book because I'm like, literally, it was my aha moment. I think sometimes we need that. Yeah, I mean that that to me is like a an iteration of a rock bottom, and I look at the the multitude of rock bottoms that I've had to have to lead me to this place, and it's like. Unfortunately, some people just don't pay attention. Right. And and I'm I'm learned the hard way guy. Like I never learn easy, Matt. It's unbelievable sometimes where I'm like, dude, are you really doing this right now? Even today, <laughs> even today, I'm still like, Jesus Christ, man. So so when when you're in this moment yeah. and you have this thought, where did you begin? Because I think a lot of people have these thoughts of, all right, I'm gonna change my life, things are gonna be different. And then they don't take the action because you're you're on this. I would have to assume you're in this place where you're having conversation in your head. Right. What was that conversation? And what did that actually lead to, like, in the jump? Yeah, I think just, I, I think at that moment, I knew that it was, I could change it. You know, I always knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I knew that big word was something that was really cool. And I wanted to learn how to work that. And I think that I just needed the wake-up call to do that. But I remember reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and Millionaire Next Door, and really focusing my life volunteering into the community. I got involved with Chamber of Commerces and I just remember saying, okay, this is the new me. And I, and I also remember kind of distancing myself from people in my life. Mm. I think that was one of those moments that you're like, you know, I, I wrote in my book about talking about like the bus, you're in control of the bus, you're the driver of this bus, but you know, certain people are on that bus at certain times, but they're not all made to go to the end. And at some point that bus is going to crash. Life is over, but you get to pick your selective on there. And I remember like there was just certain people in my life that I'm like, I love them that moment's done. I gotta, I gotta be able to shift into it. And I think when I had kids, that was another moment where I had to shift the bus of certain people in your life that you didn't want to be around. But I think I got around different crowds. You know, I think I got a mentor, uh, Daryl Bain, who was uh, in the mattress business, who was my boss. And I remember just leaning in heavily, you know, leaning into the, the people that were smarter than me, people that were doing things that I wanted to do, asking questions, getting in the room, taking people out to coffee. I remember so many people that I was that I looked up to, and I'm in my early twenties, mind you. And I remember looking up to an, an ex-girlfriend's mom and she was a real estate agent. And I'm like, how do I buy a house? I've never seen my mom, never owned a house. So I'm like, how do I buy a house? And at 19 years old, I bought a house. Cause she just told me the way, you know? And I'm like, okay, I'm making money. I could figure this out. And then I remember like, I want to open a business. I remember there was a village inn in Pueblo, Colorado and a guy bought a mattress from me. And I just said, can I take you out to coffee tomorrow? And he owned the village inn. And I was like, how'd you do this? And I just remember being curious, you know, mm-hmm. getting people in my life, asking and asking. And I think to all your listeners, I think it's such a, so many people you can get in the room, but if you don't get in the room and ask the questions or get in the room and make contacts, what's the point? You know, and it's like really going out of your way, finding somebody that you think can mentor you. People are good humans. Like you're, I know you're a guy that people probably are intimidated by, but if they said, Hey, you got five minutes, you'd give them five minutes. Yeah, for you're sure. You're a good human. Totally. But people don't, they don't make that ask. They just look up and watch your podcast and listen and stuff. But that ask sometimes I think was huge in my early times. Yeah. I, and I tell people all the time, like you can slide in my DMs anytime. Yeah. I'm always here to help people. 100%. You know, we have scholarship funds, we have grants, we have so many different ways that people can get into the community because I want them to feel help and support. And I mean, yeah, you probably have that intimidation factor too. What are you like six, six, two forty, and I'm six four, two thirty. Like we're big guys, you yeah, know. Absolutely, like we're freaking linebackers, yeah. and that absolutely. can be intimidating to some people. 100%. Do you, you know, one of the things that has driven me, and I look at this frequently in my life, mm-hmm. is growing up 
with no real mentor. Um, my mentors as a kid were Jay-Z, were television and movies and yeah. films and books. And I, I would literally sneak to the library as a kid and read every nonfiction book you could imagine. Because yeah. I was, I don't know why, it, maybe it's just inherent in my brain, built into me. Like fiction mean, does nothing for me. Mm -hmm. But you show me a story about somebody who actually did some like I'm all in. 100%. And, and I, I realized this probably, I don't know, 14 or 15 years ago at the beginning of one of my early entrepreneur endeavors, where I was like, I'm driven into proving people like my father who I've never met. Like, mm -hmm. you made a mistake, dude, because mm -hmm. I'm going to be great. But here's the interesting juxtaposition or dichotomy of that. Also, like, rationalize, had I had a father, we're probably not having this conversation right now. Do you have those thoughts? Does that go through your mind? Like, what has that journey been like for you to not have had a father in your life? You know, it's funny because I, I do think I probably overcompensate where I won't miss a kid's anything. I'm, I'm so heavily involved in my, my kids. So it's a blessing in that way. Like, and I also think that, uh, and, and, you know, full circle, my dad actually moved to Woodland Park uh, about a year and a half ago to build a relationship with my with my grand, with his grandchildren, my kids. Mm. So we actually have a really good relationship now, but I didn't know him for probably 18 years, maybe 20 years before I really got to understand who he was. Um, so I think, yes, I, I, the, the, I think the biggest blessing, if you look back at it is I am, my mom was the most beautiful soul you've ever met. Rest her, rest in peace. She passed away 16 years ago, but she, if you could be raised by somebody that cares and that doesn't give you bad habits and doesn't have those, you know, I, I don't know how to say it, but I think if I was raised by my father, I'd be a different person right now. No doubt in my mind. And because I'm raised by my mom, I think I, I have compassion. I have care. I love humans. I am empathetic, you know, and I think that that's a blessing that if I was pushed into different directions, I would be a different person right now. I cry at Hallmark shows right now. I cry at certain commercials right now. But I think it's a special thing because I'm okay with being emotional. You know, I'm okay with putting it all out there. But I think I care so much because of how I was raised. And I wouldn't change that for the world. Yeah, there's, there's moments. And I think one of the hardest things, I've shared this on the show before, the hardest thing I ever discovered in terms of like becoming a man mm -hmm. was learning how to cry. Having it turned off for a really long time, having it shut off and being like, nope. Never. This is yeah. not going to happen. And then going through this incredible healing journey, lots of therapy, lots of coaching, lots of books and being yeah. like, oh, no, no, it's OK. Yeah. Like, you, you can like be emotional when when you go back and you look at your your youth and your childhood and trying to navigate just specifically in manhood. Like, what was that like for you growing up, having a mother being, you know, the, basically the matriarch and patriarch of the home? And here you are, this boy. And then I assume you became a pretty sizable human being at some point right. in puberty. And like, how the did you navigate that? Because for me, it was a disaster, man. Really? Yeah. It was constantly like my definition of manhood is have sex with as many girls as possible, yeah. make a bunch of money, drive a cool car. And then I realized, like, actually, actually, that's really dumb. Yeah. So what was that discovery into manhood like for you? Yeah, I mean, it's it's probably like, you know, as, as a boy, you're still you're still a boy and a teenager and that's your thing. You know, you want to date girls and, and and have cool cars and all of that side of you still want to dream dream that way. But I think that was probably more in my teens. But younger than that, I think I just. You know, my mom's my hero, like she was she was the mom and the father. So I don't think I knew the difference. I think mm. so many people that had 
you know, one extreme or the other extreme. Like you definitely had some extremes in your life. I didn't because she protected that. I think she was such an amazing person that she knew she had to overcompensate for certain things. Yeah, I didn't play sports like that to this day. Like I'm, I'm, I'm athletic. I'm tall. I, I probably could have gone somewhere. Like I, I probably could have got a scholarship or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I was never pushed into sports. I played every recreational sports. I still play sports with my kids. But when I'm in the middle of the paint, I get called three seconds all the time because I don't know the rules of the game. I just know yeah. how to play street ball. That's who I was. You know what I mean? So there was probably a path of like, who knows if I would have played sports or been different. But again, I go back to like, my wife is my soulmate. And I wouldn't have met her if, if I wasn't set up from my mom. Mm -hmm. And she wouldn't have liked me. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? If I didn't have my mom in my life, I wouldn't have gotten the woman of my dreams. And I truly believe that. I believe that Jenny is like another version of my mom with her heart and who she is and what she does for our children. And I don't think I would have that. Like I wouldn't have been able to track that person if I wasn't raised by the person that I was raised by. Yeah. Truly. How do you, how do you handle being an entrepreneur and a dad and a husband? I mean, yeah. that must play just a there, there's probably a secret to it that I don't know because I'm not married, nor do I have children. And so I'm always like thinking into the future. Yeah. How in the world do you navigate that? Yeah, I appreciate that. And I think that that's, I did. I wrote a book called Serial Dadpreneur and the whole thing was based on that balance because I think I've been blessed to figure it out, but it is, it is hard. It is very, very hard to be able to, like this is a, a family day and this is a commitment that you and I said, we're going to come do this. You know what I mean? But they're cleaning and stuff, so I'm out of that today. But, <laughs> but truly, it is, it is about making sure you're conscious of both. And I think that so many entrepreneurs go through divorce because they're chasing this, this dream. And I saw it. When I was at Denver Mattress for years, I saw people climb this totem pole and forget the most important things in life, like their family. So I never climbed that totem pole. I stayed in my own little thing, and I built my little side hustles because I didn't, I didn't want to take this, you know, I'm going to get another promotion, another promotion. I didn't want that. And... uh so, yeah, I think there's a, there's a, there's a, there's lessons. Like I get up like this morning, I, we had a, a men's mastermind. A couple guys come over, do ice baths. We do hiking and we do just, you know, just venting and talking. But we started at six o'clock this morning, which would have been five o'clock yesterday morning, but the time change, oh, yeah. you know, so we started early this morning. So by the time I got home and did this whole thing, three hours later, my family was getting up. So there's cheat codes. I think that's out there, like making sure that you outwork yourself so you can still spend that quality time and making sure you turn certain things off. Because I think an entrepreneur like you or myself, like this stuff doesn't end. I'm always three months behind on work. Like I'll never be caught up. It's, <laughs> it's just so life. I'm so never true. just going to be like, hey, I'm caught up today. I'm good. Totally. It's never going to happen. Exactly. So you just got to know at five o'clock or you got to go home and eat dinner. Like yeah. just leave the place because it's not going to end. When you put the kids to bed, get back to work if you need to. Like that's okay. But making sure you set the right time for your wife and over communicate. Like me and my wife have the three, two, one, where it's always like, what are the three best things in your day? two things uh, that uh, were a challenge and what do you look forward to for tomorrow? And we do that with our kids every night, but it's like just little tools to just communicate, you know what I mean? And over communicate because if there's a stress, we need to run as fast as we can towards that and, and making sure they're prior and having each other's back, you know? And I think that's another one that there's so many entrepreneurs. If you're not supported on the other side, this is an impossible journey. It's an absolutely impossible journey because risk is a part of this and it's risk daily and trust from your others, significant other to say, go ahead and take that risk of our life savings again and, and our home and everything again and do all this. And, you know, I'm faced with that on the franchise. I see this every single day. And if you don't have the right partner, whew, good luck. Yeah. You know, absolutely good luck. But I just, there, there's a lot of uh, cheat codes, I believe, to making it happen, but making sure you don't forget one or the other. Family is always first. I tell everybody, like, if I was going to lose one thing, it's definitely not going to be my family. I'll live mm. in a one bedroom house on the east side of Pueblo, Colorado, where I got stabbed before I, before I don't lose my family. You know what I mean? I all the rest that. of this is noise. This is all fun. I love the drive, but if I lose it all tomorrow, 
is what it is. Yeah. Protect the family. I, I resonate with that a lot. And I feel like I've gotten to the point in my entrepreneur endeavors and career where I'm like, if I lost it all tomorrow, I don't care. Yeah. Like, and there's maybe I am a nihilist. Actually, I know I'm a nihilist. Like I, I think wholeheartedly, like when this is all over, like it's over. Yeah. My, my books will go away. The podcast is gone forever. No one will even remember my name. But it drives me to show up every single day. And that's why we're here on a Sunday doing this because yeah. I'm like, no, no, no. Right now matters a lot. Amen. Like this moment matters so freaking much. And, and I think one of the greatest, I'm going to ask you a question in a moment, but I want to preface it with this. One of the greatest, if not the greatest mistake I've ever made ever as an entrepreneur was putting the business before the people. I've lost relationships. I lost friendships had hard moments with like my little brother, one of my little brothers literally goes, never talk to me again. You're not my brother. And I remember, you know, having a relationship end now three years ago, almost, and being like, oh, this is the cost. Mm -hmm. There's a tax for everything. There's always the IRS is going to come knock on your door and say, hey, it's time to pay the taxes. Yeah. And I had to pay the taxes on the business, not in a monetary way, but in a relational way, losing friends, losing partners, and the person I thought I was going to marry at the time, because I was like, no, 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 it's got to be hustle, 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 hustle. Uh, and one of the, that's to this day, the most heartbreaking thing. I've been 50 grand in debt, got my car repoed. That doesn't even come close. And so I love that you just said that. What do you think is, why are we in this hustle culture? No, no that's a stupid question. Let me re-ask the question. How do you navigate the hustle culture when you're trying to put people in your life first? Ah, that is a good question. You know, I, I do. I think it is. It's, it's prioritizing in, 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 in streamlined focus. You know, I believe that we've got to stay focused. And it's funny when you, when you were saying that, I'm sitting here thinking to myself and I'm like, gosh, probably one of my biggest failures is the opposite, that I probably cared too much about the people than the business. And it got me in trouble and it got people's life's in trouble because they didn't succeed as they should have because I enabled them. Mm. You know what I mean? So that's, that's funny. I, I'm just thinking out loud. I was like, I don't know if he's, but the reality is like the hustle culture, this Instagram, this Facebook, all of this, you gotta be look like this and feel like this is, is, is a little bit scary to me because that's, that's not the purpose. You know what I mean? Like you got one life to live and who gives a what you drive and, and what kind of a tower that you have as your business, because the most of those people, and I've learned this, and I will say, I'm not gonna name any names, but the more I've been around billionaires and millionaires and all this stuff, that's not happiness. Half of those guys are depressed when they turn that camera off and they go to their lonely little house all by themselves in their fancy little car, and then they get in front of a camera and they smile again and say, today's gonna be a great day or today's great, and, and they pretend. That's not happiness, you know what I mean? Like, happiness is is, is 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 taking care of your health and challenging yourself to do something different but money is not money drives some some like freedom you know some new vacations or go see something or but money is not what this is about and i believe that this culture to your point is i got to look like this and i got to drive this and and but they don't understand the work to get there like that's not possible or, or you could you know like you're saying here it's going to be repossessed someday if you don't put the work in, you know, you got to outwork everybody else in your business. And I believe that hard work over talent is always going to win. But that's not, you know, with this hustle culture and this, this, the degrees sometimes and stuff like that is that that's not life. Like, what's the point? Yeah. And it's, it's hard, but you do have to hustle, but you have to out hustle, but hustle is different for everybody too. Like some people think I'm hustling because I went to work from eight to five and I worked really hard from those, you know, and I think Gary Breckett said it on, on stage. 
when he's talking about like we're good at clutch and he's like clutch doesn't mean you sat on your phone for three hours and then the deadline is at five o'clock and then you're playing you're on instagram you're on this and then at four o'clock you're like oh crap i gotta get this done you work your ass off for an hour you got it done at five o'clock Woo! i'm clutch man i'm really good at this like that's the culture I believe that we're in sometimes like, man, I got that done by deadline. Yeah. No, there's so much more to this, you know? I've been around and we won't name them, but I've been around many, many billionaires and many, many millionaires, had dinners with them, been on planes with them, had them on this show, not pointing anyone specifically, yeah, I mean, just simply saying that you're right. And it's like, I often think, you know, if you make 50 grand a year, 75 grand a year and you're happy, like you won. Yeah. You know, and and Vaynerchuk talks about that a lot. Yeah, and, and when I, I was on his show, it's like 10 years ago or oh, something nice. crazy. Nice. And and I asked a question. I'm going to ask you the same question I asked him because you brought this up and it's really important. And he talks about this idea of just like be happy. Yeah. Right? You, you kind of defined happiness, which I think is powerful. It is kind of like living life on your terms and being around people that you love, care about and doing something that fulfills you. Yeah. And I asked, I asked Gary a question. It changed my life, actually. It's probably one of the very reasons I'm here today doing what I do. I said, Gary, how do you ask for help? So, Matt, I'm curious, like, thinking about this and knowing these millionaires and billionaires and a lot of these guys who they're struggling mentally, especially you know, suicide rate and, and entrepreneurship is skyrocket every single day because people are like, I'm not a billionaire. I'm like, you're not going to be. Right. Right. How do you, how do you ask for help? Like, how do you navigate the mental of all of this? Yeah, it's a good question because I think that it is, uh, uh, entrepreneurship is a very lonely game. You know, when you're at the top, you've got nobody to talk to. And uh, it is because your employees, you're not allowed to show weakness. You know, you're not allowed to go into that office and not be like, it's going to be a great day. Let's go. And these fires are coming at you. And you just, your job is to keep them motivated and excited. You know what I mean? Because that, that is, so it is very lonely at the top, but I, you know, I, I have a lot of coaches in my life. Like I, I seriously, every morning at eight o'clock, I, or not every morning, every Monday at eight o'clock, I meet with a life coach. Um, I got business coaches for the franchising. Um, I'm, I'm hiring another coach for my, for personal, I'm hiring stage coaches right now. So I, I just believe that you got to ask for help and you got, I mean, nobody's going to do this by themselves. Absolutely nobody. And, and, uh, you know, what I keep learning is the person that I was last year that I was really good at is not the person that I need to be this year or next year. And it's, it's, it was, it was, that was humbling because I was really good at running a, a business in Pueblo. I was great at inspiring people and finding the best in them and pushing them to the next level when I could do this. But as I've started to grow, I can't do this anymore. So now I have to depend on this guy to do that. And it doesn't work the same. It's a whole different lane and system. So creating those systems is I'm getting help. Like I, I, I ask for help all the time, but I, I'm also, you know, I think that probably goes back to me being raised by a woman. Like, I don't care about asking for help. I have no pride in life. Like, I don't, I'm the easy guy that's like, I'll throw, I'll cry right here in front of everybody and tell you my life. And then I'll, and I'll go ask somebody that I just met today for help. Cause I'm not that normal manly guy. That's like, no, I'm not, you know, that's just, yeah. I'm not, you know? So maybe that's another blessing with me is like, I, I love coaches um, and, and finding people smarter than me to learn from every single day. And I think, you know, most of the people on my team are smarter than me. You know what I mean? And I think that I like, I, you know, I don't have a problem asking for help personally, I guess. So I, you know, I get as much help as I can. How has been able, being able to do that impacted your relationship with your wife and your children? It's everything, you know, I think it's, it's vulnerability. I think so many people are scared to be vulnerable in this day and age. And, you know, when you are vulnerable, you, you make a difference. 
and people like everybody, there's, everybody's been through something that you've been through. Not everybody, but there's so many people that you can touch. But when you, when you can finally just admit that you're wrong and that you suck and that you're, 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 in, a, you're in a hard spot, like that can change. Absolutely. I think change people's lives and my own kids. Like, you know, I, I admit when I mess things up with my wife, she needs to admit when she's messed things up with me. Like, that's not easy. That's tough. For any, any husband-wife relationship, you always want to be right. She knows her lane. I know my lane. And communication, I think, is absolutely key to that. But yeah, it, it, it is why we are who we are. We're all very vulnerable in my family. And, and you got to be because that's how you get better in life. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And for a long time, I wasn't. I was scared. You know, it's like vulnerability is weakness. You're yeah. soft. You're a bitch. You're a pussy. Yeah. And, and I think that so much of this, when I go kind of trace the steps leading to today, it really just started with me sitting in rooms with people and going, this is who I am. And there's a lot of fear in that, fear of judgment, fear of shame, fear of guilt. And, you know, when you put yourself out there, you put yourself on the line, like you're, you're going to get judged. I mean, yeah. it, it's incredible to me. Like, even I could be sitting here, like I'm trying to help the world and I'll have people be like, you suck. And I'm yeah. like, cool. Who gives a shit what you think about me? And I wish that's my superpower. Yeah. Right. I just don't care. Yeah. And that has enabled me to go and do big things because it, it can be scary. 100%. You know, I, I remember I spoke and I've shared this ad nauseum on the show, but since I'm going to get in the context of something, I want to bring it up. Um, I did this pitch off for Think Unbroken to Grant Cardone at one of his boot camps, yeah. 10,000 people freaking watching. Yeah. And I remember at one point, right before we're about to go on, Grant looks at me, he goes, Hey, Hey man, you know, that grant thing. Yeah. Hey, you got something in your nose. Now I have the no gold nose ring, right? He goes, hey, you got something in your nose. I look at him and go, cool. I'll get it after. Right. Just knowing he's trying to mess with you, play yeah. with you, build you. I don't think he's ever trying to knock people down. No. But he's trying to see what you're made out of. A hundred percent. And I, I distinctly <laughs> remember that moment and being yeah. like, cool, man, I'm, I'm not intimidated by you. Yeah, Plus you're that. like five, seven, bro. You know? yeah. And so yeah. he, he's somebody that I think gets a, a tremendously bad rep. And for me, he's been a mentor that has dramatically changed my belief in self. I was shortly after winning that, somewhere in that win. No big deal. No big deal. Well, I believed I was going to. Yeah. And there, there was no way I wasn't. And Dominated it too. Thanks, Didn't man. Just win dominated well and that was something i've talked about on the show before you have to believe in yourself to the point of stupidity like people are like that's so dumb you believe in yourself that much and i and i have that ability because i've had to train it into myself but shortly after find out about this television show undercover billionaire now i had watched the previous season with glenn stearns and i thought it was a really phenomenal concept okay you got this guy getting dropped off anywhere america 100 bucks can he build a million dollar business in 90 days on paper, you go, that's a cool TV show. In yeah. reality, you go, that's probably impossible. And so this eccentric, crazy, billionaire, playboy, borderline psychopath, <laughs> Grant Cardone, right. lands in Pueblo, Colorado, and I'm watching the show, and all of a sudden, here's your face on my television. Yeah, I won't spoil it. If you haven't seen it, go to Discovery Channel, watch it. I'll let you tell the story. It's not long but enough. You can spoil it. Yeah, yeah. You want. It's well, I want you to spoil it. Yeah. So talk us through that. Just lay the framework because I want to go into this. I'll, I'll go somewhere in a second, but I want you to lay out how this happened. 
Yeah. So uh, long story short, yeah, Grant Cardone, uh, a guy named Lewis Curtis was dropped into my community. Um, and his, his, the premise of the show, he had a hundred dollars and he had to make a, a million dollar business in 90 days. And when he was dropped into the community, he did so many unbelievable strategies. Uh, and to your point, a mentor of mine now for sure. But he, he, he met a lot of people in our community and I was known as that idiot serial entrepreneur in our community at this moment, because I've, I've been the one guy that's open 10 Every businesses business. at the exact same time. <laughs> so I was known for that in the community. So when he comes around saying, I'm looking for a business. Uh, the community kind of said, go talk to that Matt Smith guy. Like he'll, he'll, he, he's, he'll do it with you. And, uh, and then the discovery channel came to me and said, Hey, we're doing a documentary on public Colorado. So I I'm like, okay, I'm your, I'm your Huckleberry. And they did such a great job that fake names, fake Instagrams, fake everything through this whole process. And these are like 20 guys, um, and gals and, uh, they followed me everywhere I go. And so I think I'm the cool guy cause they're following me, but really that was all fake because they were really following him and the story was about him. And then all of a sudden I met this guy and they're like, Hey, this, this is a great story. So we want to put these two stories together. So they, they really played it very well, but long story short, uh, fast forward COVID, you know, we, we started from, I don't know, probably 10 days, two weeks and then COVID hit and me and Grant or Lewis at the time, were like, ah, this is fake. I'll see you back in a week, go back to California and I'll be here. You know what I mean? We didn't know how the impact of COVID and what it was about to do to our world. But right mm -hmm. before that, I wrote a check to him you know, for $10,000. And I'm like, is he going to cash this thing, this guy that I just met? Like, I had no idea what was happening with this. Um, but then he ended up coming back during COVID and we finished off the show and we, it was a magical time. Like you said, he is, he is a, he is a, a, just a force to be reckoned with. He has, he does, he doubles down. I mean, some of the stuff that you were just talking about is, is Grant Cardone, the guy that doesn't care about what anybody else thinks about him that is on a mission and will do whatever it takes. And that was, that was different for me because I probably cared too much about what people thought about it myself when I met Grant. And I think that he was a force that said, Hey, this is going to happen. And he wasn't, he wasn't going for a million dollars. He was going for $10 million. She's trying to 10 X this stuff. Like he always says when he's on the show that he was like, they told me millions. So I'm like, I'm going for 10 million. Let's see what I can do to get $10 million on this thing. And it's apparent the success that he's had is because of his ability to run fast. And I always thought I was a fast runner. And then I met him and I'm like, whew, this guy runs fast, but he's always on a mission. Like there was a, there was borderline offensive conversations where we would be in a room and pitching somebody. And then he would stand here and he would be like, they're not buying. So he'd be like, okay, thanks for your time and walk out. I'm like, that was rude. That's, this is a friend of mine that I'm bringing on here. Like, you don't just walk out. So we would get in a little bit, but it's who he is. He's like, he's at a point in his life. He's not here to waste time. Every 20 minutes means something It better be moving his needle to the next level in life. And those were so many lessons that I learned on there. But yeah, long story short, Undercover Billionaire came out. I figured it all out at the end of the show. Uh, we've definitely become friends since. And, uh, you know, business partners in Wake Up Pueblo, um, a little marketing company down there. And I went to 10X for the first time that year and just blew my mind. I have no idea how big this guy was until yeah. I went to the 10X conference. I, I read the book. So 10X Rule came across on a Facebook post. Okay. And I was like, I'm going to go funnel hack this, right? This, this concept, this idea of like, go and create and replicate what has been done. Like Tony Robbins talks about mimic model master. And so I got the book, it's sitting on my desk one night and I'm like, something is like, read this book. Like yeah. it was weird. You know how people are like, I need to read the Bible. Yeah. That's how I felt about this book. It was just right there calling to me. And I was in this place where the business was growing. I was in a good place in my relationship at the time and, and, and things were going well. I was coaching lots of people, but I felt a blockage. Like I felt stuck. Matt, it was like, there's something in my way. I couldn't really name it. And then I sat down, I went to bed that night reading that book. 
stayed up all night, finished it, woke up the next morning, got the audio, listened to the audio all day. And then it hit me. I was like, oh, I realized the problem. I'm still living in a poverty mentality. There's so much about the society and the world that we live in where people are meant to stay in poverty. We can get on the social construct of all that. I don't think yeah. it's necessary, but there, there are a lot of incentives to be in poverty. There are a lot of incentives to not live into your full potential. And, and when I came across that book, it was revolutionary for me because of the first time I really ever was like, it's not bad to have big dreams. Yeah, Dude, I cannot tell you how many times I got shut down as a kid. Like, I'd be like, I want to be a rock star. And my mom would be like, that's never going to happen. I'd be like, I want to go be in the WWE. Like, I loved wrestling as a kid. And my teachers would be like, that's stupid. Like, don't do that, yeah. you know? And so I read that book. I was like, oh, my God, actually, you can think big. You can dream big. And then here I was for the first time having a mentor of sorts, not really, I'd never met him at this point, who thought that way. And, and you talked about something earlier about separating yourself from the wrong people. And I realized even at that point, and I had to really take inventory of this. I did not like myself around certain friends. Had nothing to do, nothing at all. But I would be in the, I'd be like, why am I here? Why am I around these people who are not raising me up, pulling me up, pushing me forward? And when I say this is my dream, they don't go, hey, man, that's amazing. What do we have to get there? They go, dude, what are, why are you always talking like this? Uh. And, and I was like, actually, you know what? No, you guys don't get it. How important is it to be around people who inspire you to be the best version of you that you can? I think it's probably the most important thing you can do in life. I think that I, I believe that, you know, if you want to be the best father in the world, surround yourself by people that are great fathers. If you want to be the best pilot, go get figured out the people that are pilots. But what I think to you, all of what you were just saying, I think what Grant has personally done to me, and it sounds like to you as well, is just, I remember we were at wake up one day and he was like, go bigger. And I was like, go home. And he was like, no, go bigger, go bigger, go bigger. And it sounds so small, but I'm like, aha, like that's good. And, and then, you know, as I kept hanging out with the guy, I'm like, holy moly, he thinks on a different level, even though there was offensive things in times there, there was, he was, he did things, you know, he's just Grant Cardone. He's amazing human, but he runs fast. But the lessons that were inside of that was like, he is teaching so many people in this world to think big. And think bigger than they think. And to your point, like probably before Grant, I would think big in Pueblo big. Where mm. I got somebody in Pueblo going, yeah, Matt, you can do this. Or they're just like, yeah, I'll support you, whatever. He's, he's done a bunch of business. He's going to do it again. I always wanted to have a national company, but I had no idea how I was going to do it. I had no idea what room I needed to get in to get there. But when I went to 10X, and then I've been in, I go to a lot of his functions for that one reason. It doesn't even have to be for what the content is out there. It's to get in the room with the right people. you know. And And I think that he's, my DMs every single day since the show was released and now re-released on Hulu get a success story in my LinkedIn or in my Instagram on a daily basis. Somebody saying, because of that show or because of Grant Cardone and his 10X book, I was homeless. I was sleeping in my truck. I was this and now I'm a millionaire. And that's what the power of somebody like Grant does for everybody. And, and, and like him or not, he is a force and he will get you out of your comfort zone and talk about the nose earring and stuff like that to kind of push you to the next level. You know what I mean? And I, I, I truly believe that's, that's where I'm at in life now is like, I want to get to that next room and I want to be surrounded by people that problems are million dollar problems. And he always said, I'll never forget having breakfast with him the last day of the show. Me and me and Grant were just talking and he goes, you know the difference in your problems and my problems, Matt Smith? 
And I was like, I don't know, Grant, you tell me. He's like, mine have more zeros behind them, but they're the same freaking problems that you do with every single day. Mm. And it was one of the other most powerful things I've ever heard in my life because it is absolutely true. So why think small? The employee problems, the day-to-day call-offs, the drama with customers, all of that is everybody's problems. <laughs> like it is what we sign up for every single day. Why not have more zeros behind them? Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Think bigger. Yeah. And I, I want people on this show to think that way. I can't force it. Here's the hardest problem about doing this show. Here's the hardest problem about coaching people for seven years, writing best-selling books, speaking on all these stages. I cannot want this for anybody. Mm. Even though I desperately do. I'm like, join my freaking weekly coaching program. Everyone can afford it. I made it affordable. Right. And it's like, come to the conference, come to the event, show up. Yeah. Just show up because that's 99% of life. And, and my hope is even if you don't, hopefully this show is just planting seeds in your ear. Like, Hey, there's possibility out other than what you came from. Yeah. I mean, here you are a guy who, who grows up with no father, loses his mother, a pretty young age, right? Has to go navigate the world, gets married, has kids, is living probably the Pueblo dream life. And, and again, we're not on Pueblo. I'm certainly not because I've been there many times. I think it's an amazing city, but it's small thinking. Yeah. And that's think unbroken is literally that. It's like there is something, there is a space in your mind in which you are not thinking to the full capacity and potential that you have as a human being because of that happened to you 35 years ago. And it's like, if I can just show you, if I can shake you relentlessly and go, wake up, mm-hmm. it's right here. It's right in front of you. It's that thing Amen. that you are, that if you are willing mm-hmm. to take the risk to discover who you are, everything's going to be different. It's impossible so not to. Amen. And it's funny because, uh, you know, I remember pitching with Grant and I didn't know that. So it is, it's one of those things until you know that you don't know that until you get around rooms like you, Michael, I'm broken, like you're changing lives every single day. But until you like, we literally pitched person after person. And I remember and they were all people that I've known my whole life. So I, I got the blessing to be able to say, let's go. We're going to go to this guy. And I would call him like, hey, we're going to come just, just bear with us. And I didn't tell him what we were doing. But Grant on day, like, I don't know, probably pitched like six. He goes, this town is sleeping, man. Every single person that we have pitched. And these are friends of mine. They're successful entrepreneurs in my eyes at the time. You know what I mean? Successful people are like, ah, we're making 100000 a year. Ah, we're making 200000 a year. We're good. And we, we still word of mouth. We shake people's hands and we get more business. And it's just, that was the mentality of, of the sleepiness, but to their, they didn't know any different, you know mm. what I mean? To their defense, how do they know any different? Like this is how their dad did it and their grandpa did it. And until you get into these rooms and get around people like yourself that make you think differently, how do you know? You know, you can't read that in a book. You got to go out there and do it. And you got to see somebody else that's done it as a mentor. So yeah, hundred percent. You do. And, and I think that if you're willing to do that, you'll discover a lot about yourself. And a lot of what I've discovered and what I see people discovering frequently in these circles that I'm in is it, it's not even necessarily the money thing. Like, I don't, right. dude, I don't care about money. Like, yeah. I've been dead poor and I've been rich. I've been everything in between. And, and then I was happy, right? And happy is fleeting. It's not an everyday, all the time moment. Like, that's nonsense. That's not how the world works. But it's looking at your life and going, can you look in the mirror and be okay? Yeah. And that's the cornerstone. Like, that's the key. Because when you can do that, I believe it leads you to being a better person, a better contributor to your community, better father, better business owner, and and ultimately better is subjective, means something different for everybody. Like I have no interest in ever having a national chain of anything under any circumstances, right? Yep. But I have dreams of being on every stage in the world. And so like we have to find the thing that suits us. 
as you continue to go forward and build into your dreams, what is the thing that you need to do next? Oh, yeah. I mean, at this point in my life right now, it's just getting better. I mean, it is really like it is doubling down on, 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 you know, you, we, we say fail fast in my business every single day. Cause we want to fail as fast as we can and move on. Cause failure is a part of it. You know, you're either, you're either learning or you're, you're, you're growing, but you, you got to learn, you know, it, you know, success is failure. That is how you get to the next level. And right now we've got a lot of, a lot of things that we've learned every single day. And the bigger that we get, the more that we've got to influx cash into something to fix a problem. But you got to be able to look in the mirror and say, okay, that was a failure. That was a, that was a hot stove. I don't want to touch that stove mm. again. And, you know, and that's where we're at right now is, is scalability. I think I learned pretty early on in what I'm doing now, as we talked earlier, is when you're in a smaller community and you have the touch of people, you can grow this pretty easily in your community. Because if not, I'll just sit in a room with you and figure it out. But as you, as you scale this, it's systems that are scalable. People aren't scalable. My passion is not scalable. I can get you excited about a mattress and tell you how to change your life and sleep. That's not scalable. Mm. But systems and processes and accountability through systems and processes. Now, that's scalable. That's how you change the world. And, and that was a hard lesson for me. So every day right now, we are investing in, in, in the right systems for franchisees to be successful, whatever that is. Because what's, what works here in Pueblo, Colorado or in Colorado Springs does not work in Utah. We're about to open or Arizona. We're about to open. It's something different. But systems is how franchising winning and that's how businesses scale. You know what I mean? If you are somebody that wants to take it to the next level and go all over the world, you're not going to do that with passion. Yeah. Zero chance. You can't just be Grant Cardone on a stage and have 250 successful employees underneath you or 450 successful, whatever it is right now, without having some kind of systems of what, what is a win and what is not. And I've, I've watched him with the people in that system. It is unreal what he's got at the 10X community, like the selling side of it and all of that, like it's crazy, but it is all systems and, and raising the bar from one person to the next. And I think that's where April 1st, we're launching a whole new website. We're launching a whole new data campaign where we can see everything about everybody's business. And that's how I scale, you know? So, so what's getting me right now is, yeah, it's just systems and processes. Baby. Now, now do you have, are there systems that you're adding and changing in your personal life? Oh yeah. What does that look like? Yeah. So, uh, that's a, that's a great one. Cause I think there's that ebb and flow. There's always that, you know, your aha moments that you've got to look in the mirror and, and be vulnerable to yourself. Because I think there was a couple of weeks or maybe even a month or so that I remember working late, having some times that I'm like, uh, uh, this is not what I wrote in my book. This is not what I signed up for. You've got to pull back and, and, and let enable other people to do things. So in my personal life, it's really making sure that we enable the right people and quit being a control freak because I like to be a part of a lot of decisions. Mm. And I got people that are probably way better decision makers than me, but I, I need to realize that so I can do what matters most to me and that's be around my kids and, and be there for dinner every single night. And uh, so, you know, and just communicate with the kids, finding out what they want. You know, they, Parker, my oldest eight-year-old, he's in like four or five sports right now. And we got to figure out, okay, what, which lane are we going to run faster towards? Paisley's dancing. She got a, a, a medal yesterday. First time she's danced on stage for three minutes without freezing. So proud dad moment because Amazing. she usually just got, she would get out halfway through. She'd be like looking at mom, like what do I do next? <laughs> and this is the first time she knocked it out from beginning to end, you know? Um, so just, you know, raising good humans is my goal in life right now. And it's really, it's an everyday challenge. Like there's no book that's going to tell you how to do this. Every kid is different. So, and, and making sure that uh, I take the time for my wife has been, you know, we take time for each other and, and look in each other's eyes and, and have dinner and date nights and, and, uh, you know, communicate. So I think that those are like the keys, but every single week seems like a, a new chapter. Every month seems like a new chapter, but it's, it's, it's failing as fast as you can to run as fast as you can on both sides for sure. And commun over communicating.
if if you look back on your life in 30 years from now, yeah. 40 years from now, how will you know if you've been successful in in life? Let's 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 keep business out of it. Business is going to come and go. That, that thing could crash and burn tomorrow. Yeah. How, how would you know if you were successful as a husband, as a father, as a friend, as a yeah. community leader? Like, how will you know if if Matt Smith ultimately became that dream? Yeah, it's a great question. And I think that I think everybody, you know, wants to make the world a better place. And including myself, I think my goal in life is to touch as many people as I possibly can um, and, and make people think a little bit differently than they did before. But I think my happiness is 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 through my family. I mean, that is that is it. If I if I have if I raise these humans as I'm raising them to be beautiful souls that are give back to a community and that that smile every day and make every day a great day, that's that's life, you know. And I and I I honestly can confidently say that I know I'll be there in 30 years. I know with every ounce of my heart, every single day is a great day because I make it a great day. And and my kids do the same thing and I refuse anything other than that. So it's mm. like I that of, of all things in my life, I know I'll, I'll be there in 30 years, 20 years, 50 years. I'm going to smile because I'm going to, this journey's fun. You know, I enjoy this every single day, but I've built that muscle. I think the muscle of, of positivity and the muscle of, you know, happens and, and, I, it, and does. It, it does like, it's a part of it. So you just got to build the muscle. It doesn't get you down and you smile every day and you take a couple deep breaths. Like, uh, Gary Breck has taught me, you know, take a couple of Wim Hof breaths and just get back to the day and keep smiling. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm confident that in 30 years, we're going to look back and be like, wow. And if the legacy behind this is snooze is a worldwide name that everybody thinks of when they think of sleep, I'm going to be excited about that. And that's my business goal. But I know you didn't ask about business, but I just, I want to be able to help people live longer through sleep and health and understand the importance of what that does for somebody. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. I love me. that. I love that. And, and so much of that is in your day to day. I mean, there, as I was coming over to the studio this morning, thinking about interviewing you, I was like, this dude has more energy than any human I've ever met. And, and I think it's really incredible. I'm, I'm pretty stoic and docile yeah. unless I'm on stage and then yeah. it's like fireworks. Um, and so I was like, all right, I had to prepare myself mentally yeah, to come sit with you so today great. because I, I think that energy is everything, right? I, mm. I, I go through creating and building energy, changing my state every single day, doing all the things that lead me in this place where I can be successful you know, from sleep to drinking very infrequently, not doing drugs, working out five, six times a week, being around people who speak positively into my life. And that's the only way. That's yeah. the only way I have found to be successful in any capacity is those routines and those rituals. And then my hope is that in 30 years, 40 years, when you look back on it, that you do have those experiences and those moments because, you know, you said something that is, I believe will be the reason why you will be successful. You said, I refuse to do it otherwise. And I refuse to not be successful, man. So I, I, I rarely if ever hear people say that. And so I, I resonate with that um, a yeah. lot. We have a tradition on the show to always ask a famous question, which I will ask you. It's only famous because I deem it famous because it's my show. Um, <laughs> you can do whatever you want. I can do whatever I want. But I've asked, I've asked hundreds and hundreds of people this question over the years. And that question, my friend, as we wrap up the show today, is what does it mean to you to be unbroken? Mm. That is a great question because I don't think I've really thought that until I met you. On, on, and I think that it's such a powerful thing because it is, I think everybody is broken in some way, somehow. I mean, we nobody's born perfect. We all have a past and we are who we are because of that. And to be unbroken is not to be broken anymore. You know, and I think it is to, 
to face the break, whatever it is, to to smile in chaos, you know, to make uh, you know make positivity out of negativity, and uh, you know, to to face to face your vulnerabilities. I think we talked about that a little bit, but I, I believe that broken people can stay broken for the rest of their life if they don't figure out how to be unbroken. You know, and it's it's an easy path to do. Like it's 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 the world we live in sometimes where you can stay at home and 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 stay broken for a long period of time. And the faster that you can realize that you're broken and get out of it, the better off that life is. So I think uh being unbroken is being free, free of your broken and uh being able to take on the world, man. Yeah, I love it, man. Could not agree more. Thank you so much for being here, my friend, Unbroken Nation. Thank you for listening. Make sure you hit us up on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify. Leave a review for Think Unbroken Podcast. Be a part of the change, my friends. And until next time, be unbroken. The last episode in this facility, for the record, I just want to say, this is the last one before he moves. For the record. For the record. I'll see you. Thanks for having me. Appreciate you, man. This was awesome. Of course. Change the world. Thank you so much for listening to Think Unbroken. Please share this episode with someone who could use it and help us move forward in our mission of ending generational trauma in our lifetime. And if you would, please take five seconds to pop on iTunes or Spotify, hit that five star, leave a review. And you can also reach out to us on social at Michael Unbroken or at Think Unbroken. And of course, you can check out our YouTube channel at Think Unbroken. Thank you for being a part of Unbroken Nation, my friends. And until next time, be unbroken. Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show, but I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of live coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a wait list for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program.